the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, it, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he bent me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If if Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name and happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. Hello and welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I'm your host, J.P. John Paz, and with me today is the man behind the Ian Abel Band. He is, of course, a singer and songwriter, and he's the backtrack of many AEW wrestling themes. Ian Abel, welcome to the two-man power trip today. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Now, I say backtracks of some AEW songs. I don't think a lot of people realize it, or maybe they do, but it's pretty cool to kind of listen to your music and realize, wait a second, I heard that before. That was on AEW, or like that was on another AEW pay-per-view. So just to kind of give us a little bit of your background. Yeah. Um, it's always uh, an honor when, especially like a friend of mine who I'd maybe lost touch with from high school or college per se. Uh, I One friend was actually at AEW Double or Nothing when my name came up on the screen um, for the uh, – Cody versus Dustin fight when they played the promo before. And so they hit me up and they're like, oh, my God, I saw your name. I didn't know you did this. And I was like, yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. But we're, uh, you know, we're a Los Angeles, uh, I guess, rock and roll group. Uh, it's really, I got the southern twang from being from Louisville, Kentucky. And I go back and forth between L.A. and Nashville a lot. So, you know, it's like it's like psychedelic southern rock sometimes. You know, sometimes it's, we're just straight rock and roll. It's it's uh, maybe we're just a classic rock band. I don't really know how to explain ourselves. <laughs> it feels like that genre is is not really big anymore. You know, it's a little bit of a dying breed. You guys are the last uh, Mohicans. <laughs> you know, if if we have to be the ones to revive it, that's. You know, fine by me. There's there's a lot of great, you know, people out there, but typically when rock musicians get, you know, a little older or maybe more mature, they typically, their sound kind of uh, gets a little bit softer. Like Jason Isbell, 
was with the drive-by truckers, and back then it was just all straight-ahead southern rock. And now he's, you know, writing these ballads that you know, make you want to sit there and, and cry to in your car. So we'll, we'll see. So what have you kind of been up to? We'll get back in AEW and, and wrestling just in a second, but what have you been up to? Because I feel like the pandemic and COVID has killed a lot of live music and stuff. So what have you been up to? What have you been doing as far as that? We were definitely on that. We were just hitting a killer stride. Um, we were getting, like, really coming off a plateau, just going up, uh, I guess, going up a hill. I don't know. I don't know exactly what I was saying there. We were we lost our stride a bit with the pandemic, definitely. It's um, The problem is, I think, everyone, you know, and everyone in every industry, but us as musicians, we definitely had uh we haven't really been able to do much luckily we had um 10 songs recorded we put out i think five so i've been you know just slowly releasing those as we go and then you know working with the AEW has helped and just trying to stay out there and stay active and get ready for when things do open back up but it's it's been weird it's been really weird so how does that relationship with OV, not OVW, excuse me, AEW, how does that relationship start? That started on a whim when I just uh, one day had, I guess, like a wild, bald hair about me, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to reach out to the AEW and pitch them a song, just straight up. I, I have this song called Walkout. I think it's sick. It was the first song that uh, we had released, so I said, let's do it. And... I sent it to Brandy, Cody's wife and the chief branding officer, and she replied back in like 15 minutes and said, hey, I really like this song. I get a lot of music, and typically I don't like it, but I showed this to my husband, and he liked it too. And we're actually looking for music for his next match coming up. And that's just, that's it. It was it was all from a cold email. I, I, was, I guess it was a well-worded one, I'd say. <laughs> I love that, not you had the balls, but it, it is a little bit ballsy to kind of do that, say, you know what, nothing to lose here. I'm just going to go for it, right? I mean, that kind of takes a little bit of guts. I, I you know, I'd, I'd say so, but the way I looked at it, like, I, what do I have to lose? She says she doesn't reply back, you know? I was like, I'll just, that's kind of my mentality in life in general. I moved from Kentucky to Los Angeles, and I, I didn't know anyone there, literally not a soul. And I was like, sure, I'll just go to one of the most difficult cities in the world and see what happens. Yeah, I guess that's just a little bit of who I am, and that's maybe why I play rock and roll in a time when most people don't, <laughs> or don't listen to it at least. So really, when you think about it, they didn't use that song, or or did they, for something else? Because I know in 2019, Shoes was featured on the big-time Dustin Rhodes versus Cody Rhodes feud, which was one of the best matches, if not the best match they had. And that music definitely added to, to it with going into that Double or Nothing event. I love adding in the music with wrestling. But was that the first song they used? Was it Shoes? Shoes was definitely the first one that they used. The... First song I pitched was Walk Out. They liked it. Wasn't right. I wrote Not Afraid to Die for Cody to use, thinking that he would use that for his match, because they kind of gave me, like, a bit of a hint as to what they were looking for. And so I went in the studio on one day, just a Saturday, 
knocked it out, recorded it, sent it to him, and I thought for a, a while there, I thought we were talking about that song, and Cody tells me, no, no, I want shoes. That's the song I want to use. And I'm sitting there going, man, I, I wrote that at, at 19 years old at a, you know, in Nashville at a, a really different time in my life, and I don't understand how this plays out, but okay, whatever. You want it, you got it, Cody, <laughs> whatever you say. And obviously he heard the song, and I, I assume – that's where he filled in the blanks, like, here's an incredible match that I'm about to put on, which I think it's one of the best matches I've ever seen. It was so good. And he, I guess he, he knew it was coming up, and he just connected the dots using that song. He's like, yes, brother versus brother, this is exactly what I was looking for. Is that kind of cool, though, that you pitch him one song and he say, help, man, I like your whole collection. I'm like, I like shoes. Is that kind of cool for you to like to think about? Like, wow, I guess he, you know, really is a fan of my music. It's pretty sweet for sure because all of us artists are insecure people at heart, and we all just want to be loved and, and get praise and this and that. But so when someone that you respect and look up to, you know, like not just Cody, but you know the, the entire Rhodes family, you someone trusts you like that to help tell the story. You you just sit there, and I mean, I'm just honored and in awe that it happened to begin with. But probably the coolest part, really, was after we got done working together, they invited me to a show in Nashville, uh, to, to a Dynamite when they were still doing those, touring around. So I was like, okay, it wasn't just a one-off scenario, like, they like me. <laughs> that was probably the coolest part. That is great. What kind of relationship do you still have with them? It's I mean, mainly professional, but it's friendly. You know, it's not just cut and dry. We check in every once in a while, talk. Um, I try not to to bug them. You know, they're remarkably busy people. I am as well. You know, not as busy as they are, obviously. But I we we keep it pretty friendly. You know, they always write back if I if I say anything to them. But I do my best not to ever try to well bug anyone, let alone people that, you know, have given me such a platform as they have, because they really have. Before that, I had a pretty, I was building a a decent following, right, would only put out one song, and then shoes dropped in the promo video, and now I'm in, you know, 72 countries, and so I'm like, okay, this is, (laughs) this is wild. So cool, and it's one of those things, it's like, you probably didn't really see that coming, right? I mean, that song or them using it like they did or even the match kind of turning out the way they did because in my mind, wrestling and music do go hand in hand and they go so perfectly together. When that perfect song goes with that perfect match or the perfect feud, I mean, it just heightens everything. It just makes everything in the business so much better. 100%. And again, when he said shoes, I was like, Okay, this is interesting. I don't see it at all, but let's do it. You know, of course, let's do it. And then they they teased me with clips of the video. I didn't see it till it dropped, just like everyone else. But I would see still images from it. They would send me, and they just kept writing like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And I was, you know, I'm sitting there like a kid in a candy store. I'm like, give me more. I want to see more. And so the, when they dropped it is the first time I did. And they they uh, gave me shot me a text and it just says like you know congratulations and so that's already cool 
And then you get to the match, and it's double or nothing, the inaugural pay-per-view. They do the match. It's absolute insanity. It's one of the, again, one of my favorite matches, obviously, but also I think it's one of the best matches I've ever seen at being a wrestling fan. And so to be a part of the entire thing is every day I when I or you know when I think about it or have discussions like this I am still baffled that it's real you know so cool and not only that but they kind of keep using your music right I mean also not afraid to die which you mentioned before debuted as a theme for Cody versus Darby for the TNT title which was a big match a part of AEW Full Gear the big pay per view mm-hmm. yeah yeah that one started because. I had that, and, you know, I wrote that for Cody. I also had no clue who his match was against when I first wrote that song. I just knew Cody had a match coming up. And I was like, okay, I'm going to write this and send it to them. Maybe they like it and they want to move forward with it. And the guy who does their, uh, I think the Nightmare Family, is like a lot of the video editing, and is uh, he's a wrestler by the name of Sunny Days. And he's also on the production team of AEW, and he was in – I think the Battle Royal in the first double or nothing. Really cool guy. Got to meet him backstage in Nashville, and we linked up, and we're friends now, and we talk back and forth. And he reached out to me one day and was like, hey, I'm supposed, I'm making this video. Uh, it's Because I was following it, obviously. It's Cody Darby Allen. He was like, didn't you have a song that you'd sent before? And I said, yeah, 100%. And he said, can you send that to me? And I was like, yeah, for sure. Let's let's ink it. Let's figure it out. Let's do it. And so, of course, and they all got together, and they're like, yeah, definitely this song for this match. And, you know, it's it's cool not only that it started with, you know, the cold email and then we worked on one song, but, you know, we're, we're talking a year later, a little bit over a year later, right? And another historic moment is about to happen, and the first thing they think, you know, is, we need music for this. Let's reach out to Ian. You know, it's, it's again, I'm just honored. I feel extremely blessed. That is pretty cool. It's like, man, we need something here. Good old reliable Ian. Let's see what he, what he's got. And I, hey, I remember that song, Not Afraid to Die, which goes perfectly with uh, Darby Allen, right? I mean, he, he has that attitude. It couldn't have been, it's definitely better, more suited for that match than it was the brother versus brother one. And, you know, because you also have Darby and the way they were playing it, like Darby will never be the face of TNT. He can't do this. He'll never beat Cody. You know, he's not. And then in the video, how sick it is. It's going between black and white and color. And then there's Steve-O's in the video. And I'm like, oh, this is just, you know, does this say, does this mean I worked with Steve-O now too? Like, am I in the jackass realm as well? Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is with that, too, it's like, okay, cool, they're using my music and stuff, but do you actually follow, like, the match? Do you watch the match and stuff? Are you, like, totally invested after they start using your music? Oh, yeah, I was already invested because I was following Being the Elite, and obviously they were doing the Road to Double or Nothing at that time. So I was, that's how I knew to do it, you know? I was like, that's how I I got the idea of, I'm just going to send them music because I know they're doing stuff and people are jumping ship from other things. And so I was like, I've always been, I've followed them. And obviously now 
I'm definitely all in with AEW, and I follow every week. I watch all, like all the dynamites. I'll catch pay per views. You know. Are you still technically working with them, or is it always one of those open door policy kind of things? It's definitely much more of an open door policy. It's um, it's I'm not I'm not as like involved like Mikey Ruckus is. You know, so it's. Obviously, we're tech, I guess we're technically always working together because they could at any time be like, hey, Ian, uh, we heard your song Outlaw. We want to use that for this with Hangman. I'm like, yeah, for sure. Of course. Well, I'd be an idiot not to. <laughs> hey, it just makes perfect sense. Outlaw, Hangman, Adam Page, it just kind of goes hand in hand. I'm saying. Uh, you're, you're from your lips to God's ears. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody out there, one of the roads, you better pay attention to this. <laughs> as far as uh, AEW, would you ever, or or maybe not even pitch it, but would you ever kind of just bring it up to them? Hey, if you guys start doing live shows, like it'd be kind of cool to have live music, you know, they, which happens a lot at wrestling shows. Is that something you would definitely would want to pitch to them once things start opening back up? I, yes, and and no, yes, if it's a pay per view. I've, after being able to go see them at a dynamite and seeing everything beforehand, like when they open the doors to the actual venue to people getting in, and I see how before shows and things like that, how it'd be hard on like a dynamite, you know, be just to have someone come and play because they're, you know, they're touring, and so it's such a busy and hectic environment, a, a extremely fun environment backstage for all the stress that you know you're about to go live to a million people or a million plus, but for a pay-per-view, definitely, you know, I'll, I'll definitely at some point be like, hey, you know, maybe it's the third song we do. I'm like, okay, I've got three. I can rock a killer set for you guys. <laughs> or if they become, if, if it becomes like a weekend event eventually, like a revolution, is it's kind of like, I guess, their mania. If it becomes something like that, I could be like, hey, you know what? I will play that 4 p.m. slot on the Saturday before revolution <laughs> or whatever. Hey, that would be pretty cool. We've seen it before, and it always kind of goes hand-in-hand with wrestling and music, so I think that would be a cool little treat. What do you think about now that original music is becoming bigger and bigger in wrestling? I mean, obviously, Mikey Ruckus does the music, and, and Jim Johnson always did music for WWE, but now other bands are coming in, and, you know, Tony Khan is very cognizant of, like, oh, you know, Jungle Boy should use... Uh, Baltimore song, or, you know, I want to get a Tom Waits song. What do you think about this kind of becoming more and more popular of using, you know, your original music for AEW and for wrestling? I think it's, it makes sense. If I would, if you said that that wasn't the case, I would be more concerned. Like, why, why don't, why don't they do that? Because especially the way the industries have moved, independent wrestlers have so much more, power now with you know access to youtube and patreon and all these other things podcasts etc than they did before and the same goes with musicians where it was you needed a record label or you were screwed and now it's like hey i could have a song blow up on an AEW pay-per-view and now suddenly i'm in 72 countries or you know something like that so the the spirit i think of especially your indie wrestlers or like you know, AEW's still technically on the come up, even though they've 
I mean, even though they threw, they've just been throwing haymakers and knocking it out of the park and, and really, you know, fighting the the top dog, WWE. So, but there's still, there's something gritty and very raw and real about AEW. And I think it just, it goes hand in hand with just, I guess, who wrestlers and musicians are. And most wrestlers, you know, are play. Like Jericho is in Fozzie, you know, and, and crushes it. And the entire crowd sings his anthem as he walks. And he can't help but smile to it, you know? Pretty cool, definitely. A little cool experience. With you and AEW, I mean, obviously, it's kind of like an open door. You can kind of come in and come out. But do you follow other wrestling as well, or are you strictly like an AEW guy? I'll follow, you know, NWA. Anyone who doesn't follow NWA needs to do the wrestling homework because they essentially the godfather. (laughs) Everything has been touched by NWA at some point. So I keep up with them. I think Nick Aldis, what he's done there, is amazing. You know, I'm a big Nick Aldis guy. I follow New Japan. I I definitely followed New Japan more when, you know, you had people of the elite there, the Kenny Omega matches over there. Like, I was definitely more in tune to that. Impact now, they've been working a lot with uh, AEW. So, tune, you know, so now my feelers are out like, oh, I'll watch a little bit more of Impact. And I obviously tune in. I've been to like four WrestleManias. Uh, I, I keep it, I don't know, I'm a wrestling fan. So if something cool's happening, you know, I'm going to tune in. Wow, four WrestleManias, pretty big time. Which ones do you uh, remember offhand? Oh, dude, the the worst one maybe ever, uh, probably not ever, but you know the one that Snooki wrestled at in Atlanta. I was there. That was not fun. I did not enjoy that one. The I was in Dallas. Dallas was pretty cool, but the one what I liked the most about Orlando and New Orleans is that everything was walkable. So you're hitting Bourbon Street, right, and you're partying the whole weekend, and then you're walking to C-Mania, or same with Orlando. You had to drive for Mania to Orlando, but there's hotels around all of the bars and the events, like event centers where wrestlers were, you know, again, indie wrestlers show up and they do their own thing. They have things you can go to. And and so I enjoy Manias like that. And I was really looking forward to WrestleMania because I believe they were going to come to Los Angeles or Hollywood, as they said, but... Obviously, that didn't happen, unfortunately. I believe two years it'll be there. So next year is Dallas, and then the year after that, they're going to go to Hollywood. So uh, keep your eye out for that. Is is it two years? I I thought it was going to be last year. I don't know. I'm 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 all confused. But so two they, years. True. They ended up. It was supposed to be, but they ended up changing everything and pushing everything ahead because of the pandemic. So this year will be Tampa. Next year is Dallas, and the year after that will be Hollywood. Oh, okay. That's that all makes much more sense now. <laughs> You're a pretty big fan though. You're going to all these WrestleManias and attending all these shows. Well, if anyone hasn't been to a WrestleMania, I strongly urge you to go if for nothing else to see all of the fans from all over the world essentially dress like their favorite wrestler. And people walking by with title belts, losing title belts, like on Bourbon Street, because there's someone in a rest 
outfit that, that counts them, you know, to three. <laughs> it's it's yep. insanity. And it's wrestling fans are some of the coolest and most down-to-earth people who just want to have fun, you know? And so I, if you haven't been to WrestleMania, folks, you you got to go. Were you always a big wrestling fan? Yeah, I'm from Louisville. You know, we got OVW here, and uh, I was young enough and where the lines blurred a lot for me, so I'd, Attitude Era, I thought it was all real. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, I'm tuning in every week. So I'm like, are they at Vince McMahon's house? Like, what is happening? That was the best, though. I mean, that era is was just unbelievable. Uh, the golden era, really, or part of a, of a golden era. I mean, it was just clicking on all cylinders at that point. I mean, yeah, you 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 can't keep your your hands always on the remote because you're flipping back and forth between WCW and WWF at the time, and just it was insanity. You know, people jumping ship because of you know contracts and stuff, and taking belts to the other promotion on live tv it was insanity and it was so cool those were the days who were uh, some of your favorites just curious like uh some of the guys that you just absolutely love uh so number one definitely undertaker he's my favorite i think he might have been the first match i watched and put someone in a body bag and i was like you know again i'm young and i'm like holy crap dude what just happened um you know, so clear mankind, especially like Dude Love and Cactus Jack. That's the Stone Cold, obviously the Rock, DX, clearly. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, you got oh god, everybody loves Ric Flair. I, my personal, I think Jericho is the goat. My personal favorite's Undertaker, but I think Chris Jericho. If I'd had to get in a debate about it, I would put him as the best to ever do it. Why Jericho? Guess what he's done with different promotions? How he always comes back. You know, he'll take time off, come back, and he just, everything he does is so, it feels like it's so well planned out and so perfectly executed. I mean, he, when he got the word it over and the whole, you just made the list, well, you know, like Y2J, I think I think he's got like the most intercontinental titles, I believe. And the way he went to Japan just a few years ago and like completely reinvented himself there. And I think what solidified Jericho for me was definitely what he's done at AEW. He's been on quite a roll. He's been on fire. As far as Jericho now, did you see what happened to him a couple of weeks ago? Uh, at at uh, Revolution? Well, um, on Dynamite a couple weeks ago. Oh, we got a, yeah. The, oh. The, the, yeah, with MJF. Yeah, and the oh, Pinnacle, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're starting to get a lot of factions over there, but this one I'm super for. Because yeah, I, I was watching, I was like, man, is the are the Inner Circle, are they baby faces now? Like, were they heels? And now, are they the good guys? Good question. Seems like it, right? I, I would say so. I'm also a huge fan of Ortiz. Santana Ortiz are great, but Ortiz cracks me up. I love that guy. Great team, Santana Ortiz. Yeah, yeah Ortiz always has that like comedic flair to him. That Tiger 
claw he does, and then he, oh, dude, kills me. I do it every time he does. It kills me. I'm doing it right now. (laughs) (laughs) As far as some other, like, favorite promotions you had, you were seemed like a big WWF guy back in the day. You said you did watch WCW. Were you just more of a WWF guy in general, though? I think that I'm just blanking out. I'm seeing faces, and I'm blanking out on names. Like, uh, I'm just blanking out on all these names of the WCW guys I liked. Um, I think I favored WWF. Well, for a while, I believe everyone favored WCW. And then, man, was it Mankind wins the title? And that's when things got really interesting at WWF. And that's when my focus kind of went 100% there. Hey, as soon as he does that, WWF doesn't lose a, a Monday Night War after that. So it was a huge pinnacle turning point in the, the battle of WCW and WWF. I mean, who would have imagined that mankind, Mick Foley, was the savior? Like, he was right. going to be the guy. Weird how that kind of happened and weird how that kind of turned out but shows you he's a bigger draw and, and a bigger name than people even kind of gave him credit for that vince gave him credit for you know like yeah he didn't, yeah. yeah he didn't think anything of it. he just you know he knew cactus jack and just, he didn't care for him but the people love him I mean, it's mick foley how do you not love that guy looking back do you have a lot of favorite matches or matches that come to mind that just kind of stick out you're like oh i love that match like to go back and rewatch that. Uh, so clearly, uh, almost all the hell in the cells with the Undertaker insane. But clearly, the one with him and mankind. That one again. I was real young, and we were watching it, and just you're like, oh my god, I th- I think he's dead, you know? And the the whole by God, he's killed him. Like all everything about that match is is now like relevant in meme culture today. Um. I'm thinking of, was it Rock and, um, let's see, The Rock and uh, Hulk Hogan, when I believe they were in Canada, and it was supposed to be, The Rock was supposed to be the baby face, right? Mm-hmm. But the crowd, yep. is, the crowd is just going insane, and I, they, they, they're staring at each other or whatever, but really they're talking, and Hogan's just like, follow me, because Hogan is actually the one the crowd loves. And how because the crowd yelled so much before, like there was so much hype to it. That one always like gives me goosebumps. That one always comes to mind. WrestleMania 18. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Unbelievable. And I did. It's funny because yeah, The Rock is supposed to be the face, and Hogan is supposed to be Hollywood Hogan. Completely flips it on its head, and then you know, the rest is history. Easily one of the best matches ever. That's why Hogan's the man. You know, he's a genius. He really is. He's. Yeah, because Hulk, Hulk Hogan found the big show, too, right? He was a mm-hmm. bouncer. Yep. Yeah, yep. like, Hulk Hogan is one of those guys that you just, you know, whatever he would touch was, you're like, yep, that's gold. That's absolute gold. Yeah, and I think the other part of it was the song playing basketball. I think it was like a charity basketball game or something. And he's like, this guy, we've got to sign this guy up to WCW. Because <laughs> uh, is that when he ripped through the... Yeah, was that that was the Big Show's first? Or was he just the Giant then? The Giant, yep. Yeah, insane. And so they cool. thought he was Andre the Giant's son. He smelt the shirt. Remember all, all that? Yeah, they were teasing him as uh, Andre's son. I remember that. 
what a time. And that was a beautiful thing before, you know, there was no internet. So whatever was happening, that was the reality of it, you know? That was kind of like the, uh, I guess, very, very early days. Not many people had the internet. Obviously, hardly anybody had it. You had to kind of get AOL or CompuServe, and it was slow as hell with the dial-up. and everything. I mean, it was just bad all the way around. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's free all the... Uh, "Quote unquote journalists and stuff saying stuff and dirt sheets, quote unquote, and all that, all that other stuff that kind of took over wrestling for a bit." Yeah, you just well, the big thing is you didn't know who was married to who, so you know anything that was you know sold to you as far as love triangles and things like that, you had no idea. You just you're it's real. That's what was real, and I think that was a an incredible thing that I'm so happy that I was able to experience. Cool stuff. Now, as far as kind of getting away from wrestling, back to the band for a second here, as far as you and music and all that good stuff coming up, what do you got? Anything good, like, on the horizon? Well, we have five other songs that we recorded at the same time as Shoes and everything else, and we haven't released them. So I think I'm going to record, me and my friend Natalie, we wrote this duet, and every time I've showed it, to uh, any girls, they all, like, swoon over it and ask when it's going to be out. So that'll be the next thing we record, or else I'd be an absolute moron. And then after that, I'm going to just drop the rest of the songs as singles. And uh, we have 40 other songs, like four zero other songs to record. So we're just waiting for everything to, you know, get back to some sort of normalcy and so we can get in the studio and do that. Our our uh, engineer and producer, John Graber, he's about to have uh, a baby girl here in, I think, three weeks. So him and his wife are, you know, I would not sit there and be like, hey, John, can, you know, I, you're not fully vaccinated yet. Can we come record something? I was just going to, you know, play it safe and respect everyone else's wishes as far as that goes. And, you know, we'll be recording and hopefully we'll be touring and playing after that. If you had a crystal ball, you're looking at it, you're looking at the uh, Ian Abel band, you're saying maybe two, three, four, five years down the road, where do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? I hope to be headlining festivals. And let's see, I would love for a, a song to be the theme song of like AW Revolution. Actually, Double or Nothing because I want to go to Vegas and party with the AEW fans in Vegas, throw a show, do something like that. I like that. And maybe do a live performance at the pay-per-view. That would be great. That would be so sick. I'm going to rock a full polka dot gear in honor of Dusty. Nice. Nice. I love that. As far as kind of where people can see your music and listen to your music, where can everybody get you? We are on all streaming platforms. We're on, you know, Bandcamp as well. Some you know, all the music videos and things are on YouTube, and all our social medias are at Ian Abel Band, I A N A B E L Band. I'm always posting. We're even on TikTok, and we're we're out there, you know. So if anybody wants to find us, we're you just Google us. We are easy to be found. <laughs> now here's a good question for you. Let's say I'm on YouTube or, you know, maybe uh, Spotify or wherever we can get your music. What's the 
say maybe the top five songs we should listen to or we should make a playlist right now of your band? What, what should we be listening to? Luckily, we've only released six songs. So oh, you can, you can okay, make the, you do all six. Okay. okay. Make the whole, Shoes was our second release. That's how crazy everything was. That Wow. Damn, you yeah. guys are moving fast. Yeah, it's, that's why, you know, the whole being honored to have be trusted with the storytelling of the brother versus brother is a huge thing. And and Cody really put his neck out there for me to not be some weirdo that like comes back to haunt him, you know? So it's, uh, yeah, shoes being our second release, not afraid to die. I think being our sixth, our most recent one, um, I would check obviously those two songs, bangers, walk out banger, Outlaw, another banger. Barely Hanging On is was written about uh, the California wildfires. I was out there for both of them. So it's kind of a response video or a song to that. And it's sadder, but, you know, banger. <laughs> I listened to them all. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, hit that playlist. I'm going to listen to them all. Good stuff. Ian, thank you so much for all the time today. And we hope to hear more of you and AEW together. Yeah, uh, me too, me too. Thanks for having me. This has been a blast. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You could check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother.